Welcome to Leaders with Drive with Dr. Neslin. Today I have very special guests for you and we will be sharing about leadership and what is it that motivates these brilliant leaders. Stay tuned. This is Dr. Neslin Watson-Drewing, host of the podcast Leaders with Drive on Rich Women magazine sponsored by Dr. Marina Nani. Well, today I have someone who is royally appointed and divinely guided for you. You will enjoy every moment of my conversation with Dr. Joan Myers. Dr. Joan is a much sought after anointed and inspirational speaker who has traveled extensively on preaching engagements in and around London, USA, the West Indies, as well as in Africa. She is a pastor of the Rebus International Christian Center in Croydon. She has been serving in ministry for over 30 years and loves the word of God. And Joan has a passion for souls for God's kingdom. She is a recipient of an inspirational Christian Wise Women Award in 2019. Joan is a member of 5-2 Medics a charity affiliated with Ascension Trust, which provides practical and psychological support to health and social care professionals during the pandemic. So needed. Joan has over 35 years experience as a strategic nurse leader. She's a consultant and educator in community children's nursing services across London. She has worked as an advisor to the chief nursing officer for England in the NHS for over 10 years, including being the chair of the chief nursing officer's BME strategic advisory group for five years up until 2017. Joan retired from her post as an associate director and chief nurse in Kingston-upon-Thames in August 2019 to set up her own consultancy. You see, she's too big for it to be kept in any one organization. Joan is a multi-award inspirational nurse leader. She has developed children community nursing services across the NHS and received a special recognition Zenith Global Health Award in 2018 for her mission and her work in Kenya, Uganda and Ghana. Joan has a children's charity in Kenya, and that charity provides education and food sponsorship for 25 poor and vulnerable children. Joan is passionate about empowering, encouraging, and challenging people to progress, to do well, and to excel in their chosen fields of study or career. Joan's Independence Consultancy offers coaching. So if you're looking for a coach, find Joan. She offers coaching, mentoring, interview preparation, and career support. She continues to work with the NHS, running talent and aspiring leaders program for black and minority ethnic staff from both health and social care backgrounds. As if that is not enough. Joan is a trustee and director at the Florence Nightingale Foundation for Nurses. Joan was honored with the OBE in, for services to children and nursing in the Queen's Birthday Honours List in 2013. 
She's also a Queen's nurse and has an honorary doctorate from Middlesex University in London. In October 20 and 21, for two consecutive years, Joan was voted one of the top 50 most influential black people in the English National Health Service. She became a fellow of the Queen's Nursing Institute in December 2021. Welcome, Joan. Such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for that fantastic introduction. Ah, well, there is more to come, isn't it? So, Joan, your life is so interesting. And also, you know, the setting up of your charity to provide education, care and well-being for um, children in Kenya. What are the key life experiences that motivated you to be the leader that you are? Thank you so much for the introduction and thank you, Dr. Neslin. My mother, she's my first role model, a phenomenal mother that brought us all up, me and my brothers and sisters up on her own when my father died when I was quite young. And she always brought me up to believe that I was good enough, that I should have confidence in myself and never allow people to put me down. And whatever I want to do, I can do. It's up to me if I want to do it or not. And my mother was a nurse and I received, well, before she became a nurse, she gave me a nurse's uniform as a Christmas present. And I was about three years old. And from that day, I decided I wanted to be a nurse. And I'm really, really proud to say that when I retired from the NHS, I sort of got to the top of the tree as a nurse consultant and also as a chief nurse enjoying looking after people, supporting, helping, challenging people to progress and do well. And that's what I enjoy doing. Wonderful. So, Dr. Myers, what more are you, what more, what, what more is your passion? Because you're a very passionate woman. Well, I love children. And I think if only they got the, when I went to Kenya, I went to Kenya as an evangelist in 2002, preaching in an open air meeting, hundreds of children and people around in a slum area. And I just felt that we could say, God loves you, Jesus loves you, I love you, but we need to demonstrate God's love in action. And I just felt the Lord was telling me to bless one little girl. And, through, and he pointed out the little girl for me to bless. She was only three and a half years old at the time. And I chose to sponsor her, to do uh, education and, and to support her family. And I felt that through blessing her, all the children in the village would be blessed. And that was 20 years ago. And she's now 23. She's finishing her nurse training because she said, I'm her role model. And over the years, there's been 25, if not more, children that have gone through school from nursery school right up to 18. And some of them have progressed beyond. And these are children that are from a slum area who had the ability but didn't have the opportunity. And by giving them the opportunity, one of them's now almost a lawyer, just training to be qualifying as a lawyer. One's got a diploma in education. They're all doing absolutely fantastic stuff that they would not have had the opportunity to do if I wasn't able to support them through the sponsorship that I got through. What more am I passionate about? Well, as working in the NHS, I realise, well, I've seen firsthand as well, there's a lot of inequality and um, I call it bad behaviour. There's many um, black and minority ethnic nurses, black, Asian, minority ethnic nurses, 
that are being harassed and bullied in the workplace and not supported to develop and progress. And I think I'm quite fortunate that I was able to progress through the NHS ladder to get to the area that I the position that I did and I think it's only through the grace of God so any and through the support of fantastic phenomenal mentors and coaches like yourself and many others and because I got there through their support I think it's only my duty that I should help and support any other but anyone along the way that I can to support them to get through the challenges of the NHS and progress where they need to progress with the ability that they have yeah so that's my passion now with my coaching. So I do coaching and mentoring. I do interview preparation and training and development just to help people to progress in their career. Because we all can do it with support. In 2020 and 21, two consecutive years, you were voted as one of the top 50 most influential black people in the English National Health Service. No mean feat. So what are you vibrating? What are you I think, What is radiating out from you to the world? <laughs> well, I, I really, I strongly believe in justice and righteousness. So I, I'm not afraid to speak up and speak out often on behalf of other people. So if things are not right or not well, like the most recent one is with the vaccine as a condition of deployment, where the government was advocating dismissing nurses or redeploying them if they didn't have the vaccine. And I felt that was coercion and that we shouldn't really be forcing people to do what they don't want to do. Um, obviously, if they need to have the vaccine, I had the vaccine, I've got no problem with having the vaccine, but I didn't believe, I don't believe we should be forcing people to do do things and threatening them with dismissal, especially when, they, and I love the NHS, but the, the workforce is the most valuable asset. So if we're actually saying to student nurses, if you don't take the vaccine, you can't continue your training. And then we're saying to nurses and midwives that actually employed, that have been working at the front line for two years under a lot of stress, and they haven't got COVID or they got it, got over it, and they're absolutely fine now, and they're being forced to take the vaccine against their will. And I, I actually wrote to the Secretary of State and said, if God Almighty himself doesn't impose on our free will of choice, why does the government think that they could just force people to do what they shouldn't do? And it would have a detrimental effect on the whole of society if we were to go down that line. And fortunately, he listened to me and as well as others and did a U-turn. So that's the wow. sort of thing I like to do. Wow, I think there's a clap for you here. Absolutely. And so what are some of your key values? My freedom key values. And you, mm -hmm. Liberation and freedom, you haven't mentioned, but what more are your key values? Well, love. First, well, first and foremost, I love Jesus. If you don't know already, I love God. He's my saviour. He's my Lord. I don't think my life would be what it is today if it wasn't to have God, if I didn't have God in my life. And I don't know how people actually live without the creator that loves us so much. Today we're celebrating Valentine's Day. I call it Jesus's day. We've got, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. He fills my heart with love so that I can love others and I can support and help others. And I think we should everyone should just love people. We're all going through challenges and difficulties. We're all very different. We've been through many different experiences. And if only we could just operate with kindness and just support people, it would just make life a better place. Yeah, so love and justice and freedom. Love, justice, freedom. Right, but you've spent a lot of time liberating others. So would you add um, liberty within that too? Yes, liberty. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. So you've already uh, accomplished so much. And uh, the vision that you had uh, for the, the children who you could support, what is your vision for your charity in Kenya? But the, the, the charity in Kenya is called, um, it's now registered over there as Rehoboth Community-Based Organization because we was able to purchase land with the support of my friends and my church and family. We were able to put, um, purchase land. And my vision is to build a ch um, children's, not children's home, a children's refuge now, um, a health centre, a school and a church on that land. And in April will be exactly 20 years since I first went to Kenya and sponsored that little girl. And through sponsoring her, over 25 children and their families have been supported. And we're going to have a Thanksgiving service on the land, a medical mission for three days and a um, evangelism mission on that land. And the last time I had a medical mission on the land in 2019, just before the pandemic, we were able to support 400 people who would not normally have been able to go to the doctors and even if they did they couldn't afford the medication so i had a team of us went to kenya and we gave them um we, we i touching lives for christ i called it spirit soul and body so they had all the medical care that they needed assessment diagnosis treatment we purchased their medication from them through donations and then we also gave them clothes and food and they got the gospel as well and the love of god the complete package and that's what i'm hoping to do in april again but and following that we'll be building on the land building the, the nursery on the land and then we'll build from there go from there yeah well, in the presence of the Christ, may you go from strength to strength on that. So here you are, you've got the vision um, for your charity. What's the vision for yourself? Vision for myself is just to be happy and to do what God wants me to do and fulfill his vision and his purpose for my life, which I believe is what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. And to stay fit and healthy. So at the beginning of the pandemic, just before the pandemic started, I just came back from holiday in Jamaica, eating lots of food, oxtail, rice and peas a lot. And I came back and my brother told me how fat I looked. He told me I looked like I was nine months pregnant. I was most indignant and I started on a keep fit trend and I got a personal trainer, Coach Ron, and I see him three times a week since January the 6th, 2020. Until today, I've been seeing a personal trainer three times a week. I even saw him today, um, this, this afternoon. I look forward to going to the gym or the park and training and keeping fit and being healthy because if we're not healthy in our bodies, we can have all the wealth in the world. But if we can't look after ourselves, how do we expect to be able to do all the things that we're meant to do while we're here? Yeah. Amen to that. And so what's the vision for your family? My family, well, my, the vision for my family is for, for all of us to love each other, to be healthy and to all fulfill and support each other to fulfill whatever dream and vision and passion that we have. Yeah. Well, that's big enough. And mm -hmm. your vision for your own leadership out there my, in communities and in the world? Well, my own vision for, for myself in the community is that I would I would be, I believe, I remember years ago when I was little, I used to get told off at school for talking a lot and now I get paid to talk. <laughs> so I would like to, and I'd like to be able to speak, encourage, empower, enable, challenge, help whoever I can by whatever I say and whatever I do and enable them to also progress and do well in what they do. 
through the things that I say and do to them. Yeah. And, and COVID has actually taught us that um, we are all one. We are linked. Even mm -hmm. people who thought that and um, countries who thought they were separate. We, we, we now learn the lesson that, that we are one. So what's your vision for the world? Well, the, the world is very small, really, when it comes to because of COVID, because we've got all the online platforms now. I remember I woke up in 2020 and I felt the Lord was saying that you're going to speak to the nations of the world. And I was thinking, well, how's that going to happen when we're in lockdown? I can't travel anywhere. But I've been traveling everywhere by Zoom. I've been speaking in, well, I actually went to Nairobi, spoke in Nairobi, a Bandong conference, which was phenomenal in November. I spoke in Barbados by Zoom. I've been on Zoom for all the different nurses association for Uganda, Kenya, Gambia, Nigeria. I mean, the platforms are open for us to speak. So the world is our oyster now and we're all connected. Yeah, Absolutely. so that's what I'd, I'd love to do, and I'd, I'd love to continue doing that, yeah. And you enjoy it, obviously. Yes. yes. Mm. So, so you are very driven to achieve excellence. So just share with um, the audience, what is, it you, you, what is it you want to speak into manifestation over the next five years? I know you've got that dream for your charity, but what, mm -hmm. what more do you want to speak into manifestation? Um, well, I'd like the world to be a better place. I, don't, I think we all want the world to be a better place. And there's a say in every platform, every opportunity I have, I say it because I think it's really true that everyone needs to believe they're all one of a kind, right from God's mind. We are all a divine design. And there's no one like each and every one of us on the face of the earth. We're not just one in a million, you're one in 7.8 billion. And if we were not here, the world would not be the same without us. We're, not, we're here for a reason, just for a season, not for life. But while we're here, we need to leave a legacy for life. And the only way to do that is to have a passion, a dream and a vision and to fulfill it. So my passion, my vision and my dream, as you heard, is for Kenya. I just My heart is for Kenya and the children in Kenya and to see them progress and develop and do well as we support and help them. And over here in this country, my passion is to support my church and my community. And so through the 5-2 Medics, which is a group of doctors and nurses, social workers and um, psychologists working together to help um, nurses and healthcare workers in the community and support them in whatever way we can. And then with my church to help people on the spiritual side, because we're made of spirit, soul and body. So we might we need to look after all aspects of our lives. So our spiritual health and well-being is vitally important as well. So to be able to teach and train and support and preach, that for me is a passion as well. To be able to do that is just amazing because I know in other parts of the world it's not possible. What is the legacy that you'd want to leave? Um, that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me she more. did it. She achieved their goals. She achieved their dreams. And that it, it didn't and and most important, it doesn't end here. It will continue and progress. So one of my um great role models is Mary Seacole. To think that she was here over two centuries ago, but she's still remembered today, and she was 
in obscurity, but she was excavated from obscurity and placed, put in a place of prominence. So her statues now in the grounds of St. Thomas's Hospital. So me, that was, that, for me, that was a great achievement to be an ambassador for the Mary Seacole Award, the Mary Seacole Statue Appeal, I mean. And so to see that could happen for her, it'd be great to know that in two centuries time, people will still be speaking about Joe Myers when I leave the face of the earth because of all the good things that I've done in supporting and helping other people. Or for the what glory would of you God. like them to be saying about John Myers? <laughs> yeah. Go on, write the script. What would you like Sorry? them to be write the script? What would you like them to be saying about John Myers? Uh, what would I like them to say? This was the wise woman that spoke words to encourage, empower, enable, challenge people to progress and to develop and be the best persons that they can be open doors for people, connected people with the right people, networked and linked all the right people together to help them to be the best that they could be as well. And all for the love of God and spoke about love and joy and peace. I know you have had some challenges in life. So how do you bounce back uh, when life throws you a challenge? I always say when, when you have obstacles, obstructions and oppositions see them as opportunities and ask yourself what opportunity do i have to optimistically overcome my obstacles see the windows of opportunity and go through the open doors in other words no matter how challenging or difficult a situation is it came to you because it, you're able to get through it often when we're in it we don't think we can get through it but there's something that we can learn from it and something that we could develop from it and we will get through it at the end of the day if we just continue to progress forward with the support and help of God and other people around you, you will get through. So, and at the end of the challenge, you can look back and look at it as a learning exercise. So the, the reason why I look at it like that, I remembered when I was at work, I was bullied for two years. Can you imagine somebody bullying me? I was bullied for two years but following that, I became a nurse consultant. And when I look back, all the challenges I went through with the bullying and harassment was kind of like training and development to develop me to get to where I needed to get next. But I didn't see it like that at the time when I was going through it. But when I got through it, all that I learned from it gave me the skills that I needed to go to the next level. Yeah. So what are some of the other big challenges that you have overcome? Uh, let me see, another big challenge... I don't know, because life is one big challenge, isn't it? <laughs> life is just one big challenge. So learning as you get through it, as you get whatever experience you go through in relationships and stuff, you just have to learn through it and grow through it. What are yes. some of the knocks that life has thrown to you? Mm -hmm. Yes, you were bullied for two years. <laughs> and more. Mm-hmm. Well, that was just one episode of two years. That was a consistent one. There was lots of others along the way as well. But yeah, we can't just... I, I, rather, I rather get through the negativity and then progress to something positive afterwards. Yeah, don't stay in it. Just go through it. Some of yeah. the listeners, they, 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 they learn through the way that you have bounced back from challenges. So, And that's mm -hmm. why I've been probing a little bit more to find out what are some of the other big challenges that you have got through? Uh, I, but once I've got through them, I can't remember them anymore. <laughs> but I, 
the challenges that I have been through is because I've had people around me that I could talk to and actually share my emotions and feelings. I always think don't keep it in. Sometimes we we try and suffer in a corner on our own and put on a big brave face outwardly, but it's always important to have somebody that you could confide in, somebody that you could share whatever challenges that you're going through and, and explain to them why you feel the way you feel so that they can actually help and support you to get through it. I mean, if I could think of another big challenge, but I don't really want to talk about that one. So I just <laughs> bypassed that. But I did learn a lot from that and I've pushed through. And, and it was because I had people to support me along the way that I was able to get through. What are you most proud of regarding what you have created thus far? Um, let me see. Um, what am I, I, the, the Zen of Global Awards... I've had lots of awards. I've had the Wise Women Awards. I like that one, the Inspirational Women Award. But the um, the Soap Global, um, the Zenith Global Health Award for me was a big one because that was in recognition for the medical missions that I've done in Uganda, in Ghana, and in Kenya. So that's my passion, supporting and helping others that are less fortunate, less able. So I was really pleased to get that. And also the one where they said I was the most influential, top 50 most influential in the English NHS, considering that I don't actually work in the NHS anymore, but I'm still having influence. So that's really, really big. I got the OBE in 2013. It was very overwhelming at the time. And I actually left the country because everybody kept telling me how brilliant I am. My head was getting really, really big. And I went to Kenya and I spent four weeks with the children in Kenya, in the slum area, in the Karoo in Kenya. And they kept saying, Auntie Joan, what does OBE mean? And I said to them, OBE means overflowing blessings every day. So I always say to people, we all have the overflowing blessings every day. That's what it means to me. Yeah. So the order of the British Empire is your overflowing blessings every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who are some of the key people who have influenced you, Joan? Well, you're one of those people, Dr. Nestle, and you've always been a support for me in mentoring, coaching for years. That's helped me to progress through all the challenges in the NHS. Um, Lynette Phillips, OBE, Nola Ishmael, Dr. Nola Ishmael, OBE, and my mother, Dame Donna Kinnear, I mean, Felicia Kwaku, OBE. There's just so many that have supported me, helped me, Yvonne Coghills, CBE. This, I could mention that I could go on and on forever of all the people that have supported me and helped me. But even in my church, um, Pastor Marjorie Esomawe, um, who's a phenomenal, powerful prayer warrior. I mean, prayer is what, prayer is the key that get, get, gets us through. And my pastors in my church, Pastor Angela, there's so many people, I can't name them all. And then Coach Ron, who's the one that helps me with all my training and development, keeping me fit and healthy and not be getting too fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's just some of the people that I could think of from the top of my head. And Les Isaac. I used to be a street pastor, but I'm part of 5-2 Medics, which is part of Ascension Trust as well. And they do really phenomenal work in the community. Yeah. Okay. And what... Is with all that you have accomplished and with all the influencing that you have had, what would you say are your key strengths? My key strength is confidence in myself and in my God. 
it's my faith, my faith in God first and foremost, and that gives me the confidence. Um, the fact that I'm able to, to boldness, I'm bold. I'm not afraid to say what needs to be said if it needs to be said. Um, that's the three things I think. And talking, <laughs> I like talking. <laughs> oh, I like laughing as well. I do tell jokes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a pretty right indie-going, cheerful person. Huh? Tell us a joke right now. You want to tell you a joke? Okay, yes. this is one of my, this is a Jamaican, you want a Jamaican joke, so I'll be speaking Patois, is that okay? Carry on. Okay. Um, there were these three brothers um, from Jamaica. Um, their mother paid for them to come to England and get a good education, and they were doing really well. One was a doctor, one was a lawyer, and one was a uh, accountant. And they were all showing off about how they love their mother better than the other one. And then the oldest one said, his name was Milton, he said he loves his mother so much that he bought her a house. That's how much he loves her. The one that was, um, and Winston, he said he loved his mother so much that he bought her a car. And then the other one, he said he loves his mother so much and he knows that she likes reading her Bible, but she can't see very well because to read the Bible because the print's too small. So she, he bought her a parrot. And the parrot was taught how to speak English and how to read the Bible. And so his brothers were laughing at him. But when they got a letter from their mother months later, the mother asked the older brother that bought her the five bedroom house, why did he buy her that big house? Because only she, only she's the only one that lives in the house. And so she doesn't want to have a great big five bedroom house. And then the one that bought her the car, she asked him, why did he that big junk of metal that's taking up space in the garden, it, she doesn't like it. And the man that she drove to chauffeur around, she doesn't like him either. So she didn't appreciate the car. But the, the younger brother that bought her the parrot to help her to read the Bible, she said, thank you, the chicken was delicious. Because she didn't know it was a, a, it was a parrot. She ate it. <laughs> wow. So what's the key message from that? <laughs> <laughs> so although he, she, he bought her the parrot because she couldn't see she didn't know it was a parrot and it just felt like a bird and she cooked it for dinner so she ate the word <laughs> <laughs> and the word was made from the flesh <laughs> love it love it love it <laughs> now you've shared your key strengths and um, we know that you're coaching, but how else have you used those strengths to empower um, the people with whom you meet every day? Um, how do you mean? Are you so, coaching, mentoring? Yeah. Yes. So I've, I've talked about how you've influenced others and said, how do you, you how do you use your strengths on a daily basis with average people? the average person who you meet, not necessarily just the people who you're coaching, but you know. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I like to be nice to everybody. I found out, it was my, by the way, it was my birthday yesterday. And um, when I came from church, um, there's a card saying that a, a parcel was left next door. So I went, knocked on the door next door to pick up the parcel. And there's lots of people in the house. I goes, oh, what are you celebrating? And my next door neighbor it's her birthday. It was her birthday yesterday as well. And the next door, the neighbour after that as well. I just find it really strange that three people in a row all have exactly the same birthdays on the same street. Anyway, I cut my cake. This is what I do as well. I cut my cake in half and I gave half of my cake 
to my next door neighbour because she collected my flowers that I received for my birthday present. But it was also to help me as well, so I didn't have to eat the whole cake on my own. <laughs> okay. Well, happy birthday to you, Dr. Myers. I shall make sure I put that date in my calendar now so I don't miss your birthday. <laughs> so um, here you are, your mm -hmm. big Joan now. Mm. But pretend you were coaching your younger self. Say you're yeah. coaching your seven-year-old self. Mm. What are some of the things you would say to your seven-year-old self, given the wisdom that you have at this moment? Um, I would say listen more and maybe speak less sometimes. Because I, I, I think one of my things is I like to advise and help everybody, even if they don't want my help or they didn't answer my help, I still want to help them because I seem to think that they need my help. So maybe um, listen more um, to what people have to say and um, only advise them if they want my advice. Sometimes people don't want your advice. They, sometimes they want to stay where they are, do what they want to do, and they don't want to be helped. So it's no point helping people that don't want to be helped. Yeah. And also, I think I would, I would have become a Christian earlier. I became a Christian when I was 22 after I qualified as a nurse. Mm -hmm. So I would, have, I would think I would, it would have been better to be a Christian earlier so that I'd be more effective from an earlier age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's just two things I could think of. Oh, and maybe be fitter and healthier from a younger age as well. Yeah rather than wait until this stage to be getting fit. I should have been fit already. Well, that comes and goes. So mm. um, keep it going. Yes. So what key nuggets or messages would you like to leave with the audience? So we have, you've talked to your younger self and you've given some key messages to your younger self. What, mm -hmm. what are the nuggets you want to leave with the audience? And given, remember now that your podcast is going to go right out there, right around the world. So it's not just the audience here that you're talking to. You're talking mm -hmm. to the world. Okay. First and foremost, put God in your life. Find out who God is for yourself. Jesus is the son of God who died for the sins of the world. And he has shown how much he loves us. By dying for us, he rose again so that we can have power to live according to God's will, purpose and plan. And I have proven through my life that if I do God's will, then all the blessings come. And one of the things that God said to me is step into the zone of the unknown. Step out, step forward, step into all that God has in store for you. Just imagine God is our creator. He created us to know him. And all he wants us to do is put our trust in him. He wants the best for our lives. And once we put our trust in him, he will help us in every area of our lives. He's not just interested in you going to church, reading the Bible, singing some songs. He's interested in every aspect of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. And just hear his voice and just do what he tells us to do. And life will be so much better. And then treat people with love, treat them with respect, treat them with compassion, because everyone is going through something. And if there's some way that we can actually help or support somebody along the way, then do it. And one of the things I always say to the nurses when I'm supporting them, when they're going through challenges at work, go where you're celebrated. Don't stay where you're tolerated. 
because anytime you're denigrated, you would never be appreciated. So look after yourself, know that you are enough, have confidence in yourself and your ability, and that comes from knowing who you are, trusting in the God that created you, and doing God's will. Yeah. So say it again. Go where you're celebrated. Say Go again, where you're celebrated. Way. Don't stay where you're tolerated, because anytime you're denigrated, you will never be appreciated. Powerful words. Absolutely powerful words. So, Dr. Joan, it's mm -hmm. been such a pleasure sharing with you. It's, it's been so inspirational um, speaking with you. You are definitely a leader with drive. And it's certainly, it's my honor and pleasure to host you on this podcast. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines. All British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations, to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.